Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive, Andy. It's the first Wednesday in April, which means we are handicapping the Masters today. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, wait, why, you, no. why you got new people like that? Oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, congratulations on winning your bracket, uh, or at least not losing your bracket in the uh, NCAA tournament. God, now you've um, got me thinking about the Masters. I actually have like <laughs> a paper ticket from a Will Hill book down in Iowa. <laughs> oh, Are those, I mean, oh, I, I would don't know. assume. Are those live? Is that live? Well, that's what I would assume. I would assume if I was a sports book, I'd just feel like the Masters is the Masters. It's going to be because they've already said the field that they'll use this fall. It's, it's for, it'll locked. be the field yeah, that locked. would have qualified yeah. if it were held at its normal time. So I don't see the point of canceling any of those bets. I agree with so you. I think I'm probably locked in on Bryson. I just got to wait a little longer to cash it. Bryson DeChambeau is your guy. Okay. You're putting your undefeated Masters podcasting record on the line with Bryson. Well, DeChambeau. I'll add a few guys. You got to add a few guys. <laughs> but yeah, we are... I thought you only picked one guy the last couple of years and they were both winners. No. No, no, I had oh, a few okay. when I got re- read and t- uh, it's funny. Okay. Like I, I, you know, I learned from my guys. I talked yeah. to a bunch of people about golf and I, I put in all these analytics and I went stat based and I picked like four or five guys. And then I said, yeah. I'm going to add tiger too, just in case, just in no case numbers. And then he took it. So it yeah, was the was ultimate fun. FOMO bet. And sometimes those work out, I guess. God, dude, 2019 was a hell of a fucking year for sports, man. That was good. Um, okay. We're gonna we're gonna have the fall. We're gonna have a crazy <laughs> fall here. If if everything works out and everything happens like people are saying, oh the fall we and I'm I'm gonna I haven't discussed this. We have not had a staff meeting about this here at Deep Dive Media, but we legitimately might need to go to three podcasts a week in the fall. Oh yeah, well if, if they're they, gonna if have what plays out does play out. If, yeah, there's gonna be too much stuff going on. We're we're yeah, going to have to sure. go to a third one. For sure. Um, I'm not gonna hold my breath though. I think that we are still way, 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 way far from returning to normal. But that is uh, yeah. that is my mindset. It is maybe somewhat protectionist, but that's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, well, it's but it, you know, hey, we got a ton of feedback on uh, the pod we did last week covering esports and League of Legends in particular. Some of it was like, "Are you guys serious? Like, you're really taking this seriously? You're really getting into this?" And oh my God, yes. <laughs> there is i can answer that with an emphatic yes uh yes. it was i did i spent three hours on friday last week watching european uh champions uh, you know european uh, playoffs and uh watch one of the you know watch like a, an all-time upset plus 700 plus 750 plus 800 depending on where you were shopping mad lions pulled off uh the uh the incredible upset in the playoffs over the g and um and it was incredible it was incredible to watch it was fun as hell uh and uh i you know i've i've really have started to understand the, the uh the play game you know the the style of play and the different champions will help a lot better which is adding to my enjoyment of it but uh it's just it's a great visual experience i'm having a heck of a lot of fun and uh i will continue betting this throughout the spring and summer while it's, it's uh, that's better the than live sport being contested it's, I'm not gonna say I haven't bet Sims because I've bet some Sims. Yeah, I bet on like fun, just, I went and looked at. Fun. <laughs> I had to. I didn't know how one bet went from the other day, and I had to go back. I think it was just on five dimes. I went back into my graded wagers, 
and I just took a look. It was like a, the moment, you know, like the guy murders somebody in a movie and he looks down at his hands. <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? And I'm looking at just esports, esports, you know, this. Um, just terrible soccer from Belarus, Belarusian hockey. Um, I, I played, I'm not even 100% sure what the thing was today. I think it's esports people playing soccer against each other in FIFA. I bet on some overs that came in. Like I'm just I'm I'm not put throwing a lot of money at this, but it's uh, every once in a while it's just out of force of habit. Like I log in, like oh, there's not anything to do. So like to your point, where I was going with all that is the esports feels like a real, even though it's just a fucking video game. Yeah, kids playing a video game. It's more of a sport than Sims just playing out on the screen to me because it is people you know with skill trying to beat another team that's sport in my mind so i'm calling i'm calling esports a sport we're upgrading it here at deep dive media and yeah like like you said we're all in we've been watching i've been playing the game i've been watching yeah, how's, your, it's been, how's, it's been your, how's your esports career going so far i have not uh it takes a long time apparently i've not been called by anyone yet <laughs> I'm not on a team, but you're doing you're you're taking it seriously though, right? I'm getting bit honestly, I've just been playing it too damn much. It's yeah. one of those things, it's like anything else. Like is this uh oh I've been playing this for three hours. Is this derailing your competitive eating career? Competitive eating career is it, oh we haven't even announced that yet. <laughs> no, we talked about it on last video. year's uh we talked about it on last year's uh, hot dog pod with Chris Kelly. Yeah, I know. that, And that's another thing, too. Like, I don't know when the qualifiers will be held. I don't know what's happening. It's just more more time to train. It's almost like, um, you know, we're so excited for the Olympics, so excited for Euros, and they're just pushing it off to next year. At this point, you know, I'm, I'm accepting, I'm full acceptance. I'm at that stage of grief, and I'm just looking forward to Olympics 2021, and I think that's, that's kind of going to be what happens with uh, – competitive eating you know competitive eating looking forward to that next year so yeah there'll be some competitive eating content coming out soon yeah so if you have 18 months is that enough time or is that too much time or were you ready to go this summer do not know yet okay we, we okay. really got it we, we've set some baselines we got to see what kind of gains i can make okay uh, um it, it'll really come down to my level of commitment i guess the question is uh there's been a lot of people in the content you know, sports gambling content space who have really thrown their hat in the ring uh, to provide stuff for the people to watch and bet on. Uh, I think it's pretty clear we should steer clear of, uh, of pushups. You know, you're not, we're not going to do it uh, as, uh, as effect, you know, we're not going to do it as impressively as, as GB did it uh, or as uh, with, with any of the fanfare that uh, Bales did it uh, and definitely not with any of the humor that, uh, that Kanish did it. Oh, that uh, so was we're, that was something. So we're out. We're out of the. Uh, we're out of the push-up game. Um, but uh, are you going to throw your hat in the ring and, and try to try to send send a little note to uh, to our friends at uh, Bet Online or anywhere else? See if they can put up a line on some of your competitive eating feats and live stream it. I know. I th- I thought about that. God, I feel bad. Even this was a tweet that just never got sent out because I was going to say, "Hey, I'm going to do a dry run. See how many hot dogs I can eat in ten minutes with the buns." Sure. I said, I'm not doing it today, though. I be, and basically, I said, it's almost like, uh, what, is, what does he say in Kingpin? We, we don't want to get Munson's way out here. 
And yeah. Said, what did you say? Basically, uh, you, you take a word, you you coin a phrase. I didn't want to knish it all up by yeah. not prepping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want to knish yeah. one of these and get on there yeah. and fall at like, what did you get? <laughs> 55% of what he said he can do. <laughs> Rough look. And although I, I said it was entertaining. Pretty, I, yeah, it was, it was, it was entertaining. entertaining. So maybe um, someday, but I'll definitely, I did, I did do some recording of me eating hot dogs. So is the that the goal though? Hot dogs? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's you don't, that, that, you don't, that's the, you don't that's take the, up golf and cross. say, I want to win the John Deere classic. <laughs> You take up golf and say, I want to win the masters. Same thing. With, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to win the local. I'm not here to win anything. Honestly, I just, <laughs> I, there's no chance I can fit 75 hot dogs. In my but, you can say that, but you don't yeah, know. You don't, you know, you don't take up competitive eating to win the oyster eating contest. You want to go to Coney Island. I know oysters are good. Boys, and I love mm. oysters. Those mm. I'm good right now. Mm. So we okay. are, boy, we're, uh, tangents today huh <laughs> well uh, you know we're gonna get into the nfl draft here in a bit that's the whole point of today's podcast that's the topic we, we buried the lead um but uh, i figured it would be good to kind of clear some business and just uh you know chop it up since we're kind of losing our minds here in quarantine um so uh competitive eating check league of legends check ready to talk some nfl draft yeah i'm uh, i'm getting pretty psyched for it there's been some obviously some changes and this is going to be just like everything else this year. It's going to be a draft like we've never seen before, and just like all the other sports. And at least we're seeing it. I guess everything else is getting canceled. This is – I don't see how you could cancel this unless things really got out of hand and they just said there's no season at all. So the fact that they're doing this is just another reason to be hopeful that hopefully NFL season, even with some maybe changes to the preseason, goes off without a hitch and we get our football this fall. Hopefully that's where we're headed. And yeah, I'm pretty excited because this is a, you know, they're always a crapshoot, but boy, this one is a crazy crapshoot. There's some serious pivot points and, you know, just like anything else like this, it's, it's super hard. I hate people that do mocks. All of you. I read all of them. I read every last one of them. I look at all Tune your in next week for the deep dive mock yeah, draft. Yeah, mock drafts. I just like um, I'm mocking the top ten. I get, but once you get, I mean, once you get to a certain point, you'd be like, you know, that you know, everybody had Bradbury to the Vikings. Like that just made sense. Nobody was sure. going to take a center higher than that, and it was such a nice fit. But you know, you nail like two or three of those from like picks ten through thirty-two, and the rest is just. So much depends on what people do above it, and you throw in a trade or two, and all of a sudden everything's gone kaput. So I don't, uh, I don't take much interest in trying to figure out what people are going to do, you know, after like the first ten picks because shit gets wild. You yeah, can figure that out in real time. Agree. But strongly at the same time, agree. there are some nice, you know, we've been talking, talking to some other people about props either, and there's a wide selection of props right now i think the oh, books tons, all the tons, nba traders tons. they just said you're on you're on props now you're on props um yeah no i agree with you this is uh let's set the stage a little bit for this podcast we're gonna kind of we're not gonna just go and just hammer out oh i like this i like this i like this those bet 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 like uh i'll i'll tell you what i bet so far it hasn't been much um but uh i think the whole tone and the focus of today's pod is just going to be uh, you know, our process for evaluating the draft props, right? 
And in particular, we'll try to focus on tips, suggestions, what we've learned from years past handicapping and betting the draft. Because, you know, the first couple of years I bet draft props, I did not do well. Like you get sucked into like what you think is true information, make some bets on it. And the next thing you know, you're getting your clock cleaned. Um, but then last year, you know, through hard, you know, through some connections, through some uh, some pretty savvy, uh, pretty savvy research, uh, we got some winners and it was a very successful endeavor. And we'll kind of retouch on a lot of what was, you know, what worked, what didn't tips and, and what to look out for. And then also focus on the uniqueness of this year's draft and, uh, and how that how that will trickle into, uh, you know, handicapping it. Um I will say this is, yeah, this, you're right. This is all the traders got put on prop duty because this is it. This is the major sports viewing betting experience for the entirety of April, 2020, which is fucking nuts. But here we are. Um, and this will probably be the biggest handle they ever have on NFL draft props uh, of all time. Yeah. I, say. I'd say so. I mean, I'd say so. People are going to take all their Belarusian hockey winners and, Transfer that right over. But no, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of content outside of the usual suspects. There's a few guys that I know we both follow them on here that kind of get ahead of a lot of these. where They're placing draft props at locals and some of the old school offshores that post some stuff early. I mean, they're draft, they're putting stuff in before the turn of the year, even. Sure. Stuff is up. Like, there's been, I want to say last year, there was a draft prop in maybe November or December that was, will Kyler Murray be a first-round pick or not? Will he be and, a football player? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you go before that. Like, yeah, will, will he get, get drafted? Dra- yeah. yeah, you got to go back to that. Yeah, will he get drafted? Will he pick NFL? Yeah. Will he be a first-round pick? And then, I mean, you, you fast-forward three months, and basically, you know, Odds on favorite. He was odds on favorite to you know go number one. That's how it was going to be. So if you if you get way ahead of stuff, you can really really find some nice prices. Okay, let's talk. Okay, um, all right. I want to get into Kyler Murray specifically, but let's put it on the back burner for a second because I'm just curious. Uh, How uh, how many years you've been watching the draft? Oh, always. Do you remember the first one you were like really into it and you sat there on a Saturday and you just vegged and just watched the entirety of round one? And, and, uh, uh, cause it used to be Saturday morning was round one and then Saturday afternoon was two and three. Right. And then Sunday was four five and six, seven. Yeah. I'm trying to think of when they moved it to Friday, which honestly people whined about that, but good. It's a good move. The first oh, round was like, I've watched every first round for a while now, but they moved it to Thursday, right? Is it? Yeah. I mean, maybe you're right. It's primetime prime time Thursday night was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. was what I remember round one being uh, last year in the last couple of years, handful of years. But yeah, do you remember back in the day, uh, first Saturday, you just vegged on the couch and watched the entirety of the first round? I don't know if I can pinpoint the, the one, but I've, I remember even when I was younger, like watching or at least paying attention to see what my Vikings took because we always screwed that up. I was going through, uh, I was just kind of like, I wanted to take some numbers from previous drafts and quarterbacks taken. And boy, there has been, there's been some mistakes. Mistakes were made. (laughs) Not to say that like, and that's just what makes me, Uh, you know, nervous for everybody who, who, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, and Christian Ponder. Now this is, 
Locker, Gabbert, and Ponder were taking a stretch of five picks. It's all top 10, right? 8, 10, 12. No, it was 8, 8 10, 10, 12. 12. Okay. I mean, top 15. This is real early on stuff. Jake Locker. Jake Locker was the first not work out. Oh, my God. I mean, just the names. Like, here, Bradford, Carr, Alex Smith, Russell, Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. Oh, my Bradford God. Bradford and Goff. Those, I mean, those are all first overalls. Yeah. I think I said Bradford twice. Oh, uh, whatever. Those, those are first first overall guys. And just the mess you can make if you don't have someone who can properly evaluate this. Or you're, I mean, a lot of it is guesswork. You didn't know some of this stuff. But, like, Jason Campbell was the first round. Yeah. Patrick Ramsey. Joey Harrington. Uh, so, Jeez, you know, God Joey help you, God oh help you God, if you're looking for a quarterback. Because, you know, for, for every – Everyone that na- you nail, you know, for every Mahomes, there's a Brady Quinn. Yeah. For every paid Manning, there's a Ryan Leaf. <laughs> that was a so, toss-up. Um, yeah, that was. Okay. Yeah, no, I definitely – the first draft I remember pretty clearly was the uh, – the I, the one I remember watching, like, the entirety of was the one where Mario Williams got picked over uh, Reggie Bush. Bush and Vince Young. And – to Brickshaw Ferguson was like the was like offensive lineman taken fourth. Matt Liner was taken seventh. I want to say uh, I definitely watched every minute of that vegging out on a Saturday uh, with the Hangover. It was fantastic. Um, that was a, that was a weird one too. That was uh, like that happens every so often where everybody just knows who's going to be the first pick. Like that yeah. one was early. Like they just came out and said, "This is what we're doing." Yeah, right. The Texans were on the clock, and they like made their pick in March. Yeah, I remember that. Um, More teams should do that because yeah, especially, why, especially why teams that are teams that aren't you know even entertaining making a trade for it. Just God, that, don't don't make us wait the full. Well, I don't dude, even know how much time it is, but they always make you wait the whole time. That brings like, us full circle yeah. to last year when the day of the draft. Everybody and their mother knew that Kyler Murray was getting taken first. Like the Cardinals had absolutely no, they, they left no, you know, they tried to smoke screen some stuff. They said at one point, Josh Rosen's our guy, you know, they, they were, they were people who were dropping, uh, you know, disinformation into the news cycle about how Kyler Murray wasn't a leader and he did, people didn't like his interviews and he didn't test out well at the pro day you know like there was a bunch of different disinformation but it was so clearly like an effort to just spin up like a dead news cycle because everybody knew murray was going to be taken first overall and you could have still bet it for like minus 500 the day of when it you know the likelihood of it happening was like 99 percent. do you remember this yeah do you remember no, how I, much you do you remember how like how how much did you have down on Kyler Murray goes number one overall that you bet like the day of or the week of because the odds still didn't reflect there were there were better num- no. there were better numbers than that even I want to say some places so, that like minus four hundred yeah two two eighties three sixties yeah that that's a good point too to be made you know it sucks laying a lot of juice it always will and it's just something. It's something that's going to stick in your head. It's a bit of a bias as far as just how the numbers are written and how we bet as Americans. That's where I do love decimal odds. doesn't make you feel so bad like laying 500 to win 100. 
it's just, it, it's different. It's different when you start betting in decimal odds, it changes sure. your mindset. But I mean, there's always bets like this where it's like, it doesn't matter what the juice is. Like the, the, what was it? Two or three years ago, I believe it was the Quentin Nelson draft. And I cannot think of the other player, but it was like how many Notre Dame players. That one was incredible. How many Notre Dame players will be drafted in the first round? And it was like two were legitimately pretty much locked in for what top 10, 12, Quentin, 15? Yeah, Quentin Nelson was clearly a top 10 pick. And then the best tackle. Unanimously, you asked any scout across the league, who is the best offensive tackle in this draft? And they said McGlinchey. McGlinchey. Everyone agreed. Why couldn't they think of McGlinchey? Yeah, yeah everyone they, they agreed. Just kept, they just, I, don't even know why, I don't know why they didn't take that down. Like they, I don't just kept, they just kept yeah. moving. They up. indexed it. They indexed it from like minus three hundred when we first saw that out to like minus twelve hundred, and even at twelve hundred, like that's a free play. <laughs> like bet what do you want on it? Like you're going to get that money back. You know the day of the draft, like that's coming back. Like yeah, yeah, you're not locking up bankroll for you know twelve months here, right? Like this is a, this is a quick turnaround free play. Like there and there's lots of those. Another good point too. Yeah, they they will just index the shit out of stuff because there's no there's no reason. You know, you think about a a traditional market, an NFL total, forty over forty five gets just piss hammered. They're going to move it to forty five and a half, forty six, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. This gets piss hammered. What are you? Gonna, you're going to move it to two and a half <laughs> players? And you're going to give someone the let, chance to come back on the but, under? Yeah, yeah, you, no I mean, you, you cannot move. You can't. It's, you you know, can't. You cannot yeah. from a bookmaker standpoint. It's it, true. There wasn't really a third player. So <laughs> you move it to two, two and a half, somebody's just going to hammer yeah. the other way. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess they could have moved it to two. That would have been dumb. Yeah, but even then, Give people can take their liability off. Yeah, yeah, you right. take. Yeah, you can take all your liability away. <laughs> I guess um, yeah, you can't do that. So you're going to see some some of these draft props if you do log into your book or yeah, take a look at what your locals throwing up. You're going to see some that are just crazy, crazy juice, and that's kind of where they stand. But then that's not to be said that you know I said they won't index or they won't they won't move a line. They'll just index it. It's not to be not to be mistaken with the fact that you can't find different numbers on different books. That's a great. There point. are middles to be at, especially if you have Absolutely multiple books, true. multiple uh, locals. Draft multiple position outs. is a big one. Draft yes. position is a huge one. No one seems to have the same number always up for uh, over unders on certain players, especially once you get into the teens. But that that actually pivots, and I want to piggyback on something you said earlier in this pod, which I think is super sound advice. And helped helped me out big time last year, and I think is worth you know kind of keeping in mind this year, which is focusing on the top ten. Like, don't overcomplicate this. Like, things get absolutely nuts the deeper you go into the draft. Like, there really is no way to quantify how you know how uncertain thirty two different outcomes are in terms of a a Markov chain. You know, like this is there. There's so many different things that can happen and going past 10 is a little nuts uh, in terms of trying to be super specific. Do you agree? I mean, just, yeah, just think about every draft. There's always one, like, uh, you know, you don't want to say boneheaded because sometimes they turn out to be good moves. Sure. But, um, unexpected, I guess. A reach. Yeah. There's you know, a reach. A re- every like, I, I mean, like the Daniel Jones steam, it's not like that was, Completely a surprise. The Daniel Jones steam started to kind of materialize, but you know, once once you start just slamming quarterbacks in the top ten like that, and when you go Murray Jones, 
And then where, where did the next one go? I want to say it was Haskins. It was Haskins to Washington, um, yeah. It, it just at key positions like that where maybe a position that's not quite as deep or a position that a ton of teams need. I mean, that's a big thing too, not just how deep is a class of this position. How many, how many teams in the NFL, especially how many teams ahead of you, need that same position you know that's where things start to get wonky it's just like your fantasy draft where oh shoot you know everybody needs every position in that you can get, <laughs> you can get these funny little runs where hey you know the best two d tackles got taken and we need one so we're gonna have to do that and we'll get linebacker in the third round sure yeah you know, things uh, like sure. you said everything butterfly effects and things get things get goofy but uh going back to your point about the quarterbacks I think it's pretty reasonable that their mindset among GMs is if you are going to get your guy, right? If you're going to get the guy of the future for your team, you're probably going to take him with your first opportunity. You're not going to wait around. You're not going to trade down and then take him. Like that doesn't happen very often. For the most part, when a team identifies a guy they want, they're either going to take him, give him their first opportunity, or they're going to move up to get him. Would you agree when it comes to quarterbacks? Yeah. And I think we, because we saw people last year mocking Daniel Jones to the Giants 17, and that didn't make sense. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. They were going to not take him at six, not take your quarterback of the future. You're going to pass on him at six and then take him at 17? Like, no fucking way. That was the part I couldn't think of because I'm like, uh, you know, it was, there was steam of him going to New York, but it was still a surprise a little bit. And I guess I, I expected him to be there at 17. I thought, I mean, who else was? <laughs> no one else was in the market except the Washington was playing games, playing uh, smokescreen games. Yeah, all the teams ahead of them kind of had had stuff lined up for quarterback, I guess. Everyone, yeah, I'm just, everyone yeah, I'm did. Just looking, I'm just looking at everybody else. Nobody else in front of them, I mean, with the exception of the Skins, who took Haskins. Yeah, right. Huh. Yeah, it gets to be a mind game. And, you know, I brought this up earlier. It's going to be a weird-ass draft. It's held on Zoom. They are. I read an article about this. They're putting in some fail-safes in case, you know, somebody needs to reset their modem. Like, uh, hold the get a paper clip and hit the reset button in the back of your router. Turn it off. You'll be back <laughs> into the draft. Because, I mean, it could be weird like that. Dude. Somebody has some technical issues. They are saying all 32 teams will be on a conference call that's muted. Like, they're just going to keep it muted. Yeah. They are you serious? They're, they're gonna that's keep how it. they're going to do this? No, no, no. They're going to do it. They're going to do it normal, like the Zoom thing. They're going to do the, the video conferencing. But as a backup, there will be a conference call oh, that's okay. on the whole time. It's like, if your stream goes down, if your internet cuts out, you can hit us on the phone. Like they're, they're looking for ways to make sure th- something doesn't go awry and they don't have to be like, hey, we have oh to give, you know, let's just say it's going to be the Lions because it's the Lions. <laughs> you know, because what happens if, if uh, the Lions, if their stream goes down, if they they get disconnected? The Giants race in and get the third pick in. Yeah, do you yeah. move on to the third pick because of – a router issue you got one of the situations who is it that uh, didn't get their pick in was it the lions previously no, and then minnesota. the vikings minnesota didn't get their pick in and they and and teams like the ravens were racing to the window 
Yeah, teams teams did uh, leapfrog them. It's embarrassing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they will have some they have some backup options, and they they've kind of said they're going to be a little lenient, um, especially because it's going to be much more difficult to engineer trades. Sure. This they said if some teams are working on a trade, they might give them a little extra time to try Just to get put another done. five minutes on the clock to help. Yeah. Work out a trade. So I mean, I don't ever want to say anything nice about Goodell, but. Hopefully the league is not lying and they are going to work with teams on this and make this draft work out. Cause I'd hate to see a team get screwed by something silly, like a technical glitch. My guess, I mean, my assumption heading into this, but I is think there'll be fewer trades because fewer it's trades. Be a pain in the ass. Yeah. You n- nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. I think that's the working assumption is that uh, this, even, even if you're giving teams more time, uh, teams are going to have a harder time communicating within their own draft room uh, to kind of work out, you know, a is this a fair deal? Is this a deal we want? Versus, you know, hey, we're going to going to take take our guy, like that. You know, like there is an enormous amount of kind of logistical kind of weighing pick, you know, pick you know weighing offers, figuring out the chart. You know, hey, how much is this, what? What are they offering us in terms of value? Is fair what is this team offering us in terms of value is that fair which of these is better you know like what would we do if we do this trade you know like all of that you can play out pretty quickly if you have everybody in the same room but uh, the fact that the draft room draft rooms themselves are going to be virtual and spread out all across the country i think is uh um, is a bad sign for there being trades yeah which uh you know makes it a little bit more unpredictable because then the draft board reflects less actual talent in terms of order and reflects more teams just taking the best player or taking the, the player that they need or, you know, best player available, you know, that sort of stuff ends up being more of a reflection than the, you know, if there were trades and there was some sorting and you did have teams getting value in certain areas where they had need, right? Well, not, and not only, the fact that things are going to be goofy come draft day, things are already difficult for GM scouts, front office teams, because the, you know, the lack of pro days, the lack of, you know, being able to get some of these guys in for medical stuff or just getting, getting to know some of these players, you know, you can do all the Skype and zoom interviews you want, but a pro day is a lot, especially these. And I feel for them some of these players did stuff because they were maybe nursing an injury or they wanted a little extra training time. But um, I can't think of the receiver's name plays for my golfers skipped a lot of the stuff at the combine said, I'm doing it at my pro day. I just, uh, I wanted more time to train it. And it's uh, did it's not work of, out. No, it's, I mean, how, how are you going to see something like this completely shutting down your pro day? But yeah, uh, Tyler Johnson, I think. Him. Mm. There's a couple of really good receivers on the team this year, but yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's like the Cam Newton thing we brought up the other week. You know, teams aren't able to get the physicals that they want done on some of these injured players in the NFL right now. Same thing going on. You just can't run your due diligence that you normally could due to some of the shutdowns and social distancing you know, requirements and especially since every state's a little different with what they're requiring right now. Okay. So let's, uh, let me, let me speculate a couple of narratives and you tell me on a scale of one, that is a bullshit narrative to 10 that has a meaningful chance of manifesting, you know, just grade, grade these narratives for me. One. (laughs) 
if you say Bill Belichick in any of these, it's an automatic one. <laughs> I have no theories about the Patriots. Okay. Um, uh, but number one is uh, because of uh, because of the shorter offseason, lack of mini camps, lack of pro days, teams are going to be less likely to take a chance on on a quarterback this year, knowing that they're going to have virtually no hope of making an impact on for the team this season. I mean, that's probably a seven. Yeah. Okay. I, I, it's such a key position and it's such a key move to take a, especially a first round quarterback where you're, you're putting that capital into it. You're getting the extra year really sucks for the teams that need a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, lack of a pro day, lack of scouts talking to each other, lack of, uh, you know, kind of the networking effects is going to hurt underclassmen? Yeah, I can see that. I'm going to give that a five because I have to think about it a little. Okay. Uh, the lack of ability to do due diligence on players from an injury standpoint is going to incite more severe falls for injury question mark players than we normally see, which is, and it's usually pretty serious. 10. Like that was, that's ten. like, okay. So last, that's last year, ten. last ten. year, <laughs> you remember last year, like you got a handful of snips of like, Oh, a team is worried about this player's injury status. Like what was the guy, Rashawn Gary, maybe yeah. was, there was a guy from Michigan who they were snip. They were, he was top 10 talent. Everybody agreed. And then all of a sudden they were sniffing out like, ah, not teams are a little concerned about his health. And he went from being projected in like number eight overall to getting drafted at like 26th or 22nd, right? You remember that? Yeah. Montez no, team, Sweat teams, was another guy. Teams get a hold. Oh, yeah. Teams get a hold of that. They find out, you know, there's injury concern, there's character concern. They find out you don't talk to your family much. All of a sudden, you're sitting there on camera waiting to get picked. <laughs> I don't know if that yeah. was the case that far yeah. back, but it is, it's crazy how it's almost like a group <laughs> think thing. You yeah, know what? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe even other GMs and, you know, I've, I've never talked to a GM in person. I've never been a GM, but doesn't that, wouldn't you think that would get in your head a little, like when a player just gets repeatedly passed over Yeah, and you're yeah. a GM oh, somebody, and be like, yeah. be like well, why? What did we miss? You know, yeah. It, somebody like that probably you know a smart guy isn't just going to say here's a gift that fell in my lap they're they're going to have some doubts like what is going on why is this guy dropping to us yeah should i, we, I should think we know there something are, there are very few nfl teams in my opinion that go into the draft process myopic and are like nope these are our opinions we are going to do these based on our view of this and not and don't you know because i think there's lots and lots of redundancy in the process usually where they bring in scouts they bring in scouts who have talked to other team scouts they bring in other you know people who have been you know league insiders and they tell them what they're thinking and get information on what other teams are thinking i think there's lots and lots and lots of group think that goes into this generally and yeah i would guess that a specific you know a clear and obvious talent position um you know, at a, at, a, at a position of need or value who falls, I think there you know, people would all be like, well, why do we, what are we missing? Like what's going on? Like, okay, we are not going to take a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Last narrative question. Uh, because they don't have as much to go on in terms of their, you know, their process this year. Uh, are we going to see guys who put up 
spectacular combine numbers get overdrafted. Yeah, I'm going to give that like a six. Because okay. I think that's always the case. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but maybe, you know, you can only work with the information you have. Like, and if you have, you know, the tape that everyone has from the college career and you have the combine, I yeah. guess the combine becomes it becomes weighted heavier. Like it's a bigger part of the weighted ranking that you're going to give this player. And yeah, if somebody trained and did well at the combine, I think it probably, it usually will pick them up some extra money, but maybe, maybe even more so this year. Maybe I'm up, I'm upgrading that to a seven. Okay. Uh, Last opinion question uh, for you. And then we'll talk more specific about the draft itself. Um, Do you think just kind of thinking back to years past, and free agency plus the draft. Is there a correlation in years? Like, are we picking it? Can we pick up any signal from free agency if blank market is soft or blank market is hot, right? Does that carry into the draft or is it an inverse correlation where people are like, okay, well, we don't love the quarterbacks in this draft, so we're going to make sure we get our quarterback in free agency or my our D back. And you know, there were no D backs really available this year in free agency. Is that going to prioritize teams to take D backs in the uh, in the draft, or is it just a hey, everybody, every team feels pretty comfortable with what they got at D back, and so you know, there's not going to be much of a of a rush. I think that's such a. I don't want to say the vague. It's not vague. It's it's so dependent on the. 32 individual situations that the teams are in, you know, the markets, the markets for a quarterback, it's not random, but you know, it just depends on the year. Like just these teams happen to need a quarterback. These teams are losing their quarterback and these are the guys available. Like there's so many, it's it's like the stock market, man. There's just a, a million outside factors going into this. It's really tough to say if there's any correlation because, you know, your, your sample size of off seasons and let's not even, you know, when did free agency even start first off? Like yeah. You, it was like, I mean, how, how many, how many years? No, I mean, what year? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it, fuck. What year was it? Uh, it was in the nineties, right? 94, maybe. 1993. 93 system was introduced on March 1st. Yeah. So your sample size of this is pretty small. If you're just taking, here's the last 30 off seasons. It's really tough to draw any conclusions because you have, I mean, back then you didn't have 32 teams, but around 30 teams with individual needs and, you know, individual budgets and the, the cap being what it is. It's, it's really wild to try to infer anything from that i guess Mm, i think maybe if you maybe if you isolated it down to something like quarterback you know a a really important position i don't think we can break down like the outside linebacker market sure every year and make make legitimately you'd be taking some big leaps yeah okay so what about the wide receiver market this year in free agency versus this year in the draft so wide receiver market, I felt like was real soft in free agency. Guys like Robbie Anderson got signed for you know a song, right? Like that, I feel like you know, Philadelphia didn't even try to address their wide receiver position in free agency, right? Like I feel like that is a reflection of teams looking at this draft and saying, "Hey, this specific wide receiver class is loaded." 
Uh, is it 10, 12 players deep effectively in terms of getting a player that can contribute week in, week out for f- the duration of their, you know, four or five years? Yeah. I mean, it's not like the class was very good for free agents. You know, Cooper was pretty much looking at signing back with Dallas and then AJ Green's on the wrong set of 30. Sanders is. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything bad about Emmanuel Sanders. He's a good player, but he's not. Yeah, I feel like he got. I feel like that was a pretty team friendly deal, though. Yeah, no, that was good. And then Anderson kind of expected to stay in New York. That was weird, but uh, after that, it drops off to Randall Cobb. Right. I mean, it, it wasn't a great crop, and but to your point, it is a great, great draft crop. Like the the amount of good wide receivers there isn't there isn't that hey this guy's worth a top five pick guy you know i, I don't think we have that we don't have a julio mm. but okay. i don't even know where julio got drafted i guess if i had to think about it but there's there's so many and we talked a little off air about this it almost kind of hurts him i think as i was a, wondering about as that. a class whereas yeah. you know if you want to if you need a receiver and plenty of teams could need or use receivers in today's NFL, and you say, oh, you know, we have five needs, and you just kind of got to look at a scarcity, you know, resource scarcity. How many, how many offensive tackles are there at this at this stage? And you know, like anyone who does fantasy football halfway seriously, you start looking at the tiers and you start putting them in tiers. And you say, you know, if we don't oh, draft a tackle, analogy. yeah, if we don't draft a tackle right now. We're going to drop down three tiers by the time we get the tackle we want because there's there's only so many tackles that are in this tier. Whereas if we draft a wide receiver, there might still be another receiver in that tier available to us when it comes around for our next pick. So you do – I think there's a lot of that, and there's just so many wide receivers, like 40, 40 receiver class. And it, I mean, it's just deep all around where it might hurt some of these guys, Lamb and Ruggs and Judy, as far as going higher in the first round. Not to say that we won't have you know, a nice handful of first-round receivers, but if you had to make a choice, the fact that the deep receiver class is there, I think a lot of teams are going to say, you know what, we need to fill this right now, and we're just going to grab some receivers in the third, fourth round because there's a ton of great receivers in this class and it might kind of drag down the class as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking almost exactly the same thought and I was wondering what your opinion was. So you answered my question. Um, what is the current Who's best price? You... Lamb. <clears throat> yeah. What about you? Lamb or rugs? Yeah, I go lamb. I mean, rugs, I would rugs. I, I made a small play on him to be the first wide receiver taken just because his Same. measurables were so insane. Yeah. He's so fast. Um, so damn fast. Like somebody could be like, ah, fuck it. Like <laughs> we can't, you can't teach speed. Can't teach speed. Um, and, uh, you know, the Raiders are picking relatively high. So who knows? Um, the, uh, but yeah, no, I think, uh, Lamb is going to end up being the best of that group. I don't have a strong, you know, I don't have a strong talent. <laughs> I'm not great at evaluating. We're not scouts. No, no, not at all. Especially college scouts because I barely watch college football. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think um, I think Lamb will emerge. Um, what is the best number you see across the space on number of wide receivers taken in the first round? Because 
the early mocks, the early kind of momentum that you saw out there had lots and lots of wide receivers on it because that was clear and easy to identify as this is a rich talent pool this year. Uh, and I feel like that number got bet up before, you know, every player got digested and some of these teams kind of really figured out what we're figuring out now, which is, Hey, we can wait till early round two. We can wait till round three. Like there's going to be a damn good contributor available later in this draft. Yeah. It's a pretty juicy number at five and a half. Like the, I think, I don't know where you all shop today, but five and a half, the wide receiver number. What's the under? You can get it at, Oh, round two to one. Okay. I would have thought that was better. I think I, I feel like it's already coming down. I think I saw that peak at around three or four to one. Yeah, I just think there are a lot of teams that will make other decisions when it comes down to it. You know, once you get th- what three quarterbacks off the board, seven offensive linemen, there's going to be five linebackers. There's going to be, I'm trying to think how many DBs, at least five. Uh, just, Defensive lineman, you're at probably at five or six. Like it starts to get towards 32 in a hurry, where I'm trying to find spots for six receivers, and I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of scenarios where you only end up at five wide receivers. Any any running backs going in the first round? I think one. I think How about tight ends? Tight ends will probably be none. Okay. How what what, what running back? It should be. Oh God. I mean, the kid from Georgia or Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor. He's not like a lot. It could, it could very well be zero. Like, um, God, who is the other running back? Uh, Again, this isn't should, State. this is will. <laughs> no, <Right>? yeah. But, <laughs> we say it should be zero, but it's it probably, could, yeah, it's probably could be one or two. It's probably 50, yeah. 50 that it's zero. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds fair. Yeah. The, um, Okay, so you said something interesting there. Where you think uh, you think seven Swift? Oh, more? DeAndre Swift. Why can't I think of that? I kept, Swift or- I kept thinking of J.K. Dobbins, and he's that's. I don't think that's happening. No, uh, Swift or Taylor could go round one, but it's not a, not a likelihood, as far as I can tell you. Um, you said seven offensive linemen. That sounds like a big number relative to what I've seen hanging around out there. Yeah, I think six six is a lock. I laid that at like. Minus two twenty five over For five over and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, I still think any number on that's good. So many good tackles, a good center. There's so many teams that need it. I think I I've I've done my own mocks as far as I I mocked the mocks. <laughs> you but sure I did. My, I do my own you stuff. Sure just I just don't see a situation where there's only five. Yeah. There's there's either. seven more often than five. The way I, I agree with you. Play things out. So six, six feels pretty good to me. That's my favorite prop on the board, and I know it's juicy still, but there's that. That is a that is a no no doubt. There's that's a no doubt on that bone. I, I I my favorite prop actually is mostly gone or only on locals. I guess I don't know the 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 quarterback. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. I guess. Um, how many quarterbacks? Unrelated. How many quarterbacks that are drafted? Uh, do you think start week one? Hmm. One. How many quarterbacks that are drafted do you think start by, you know, out of um, 
out of the coach's free will, not like forced in because of injury. Two. Two. Okay. Interesting. Your I'm guessing your one is going to be Cincinnati, whoever yeah. they choose. Whoever they choose. Maybe three. I could go with three. I could see Cincinnati, Miami, and then maybe the Chargers switching, switching partway through the season. Pulling the old uh, Baker Mayfield takes over for Trout Taylor. Yeah. Whoever the Chargers draft takes over for Trout Taylor. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I guess I hadn't really thought too much about Miami and what they're going to do, what their whole situation is going to be. Yeah, it's very they'll tough. Do, to I don't know if they'll do that. if they'll do give the guy give the guy a couple weeks to get to sea legs. Especially, it's going to be tough. And we talked to somebody about this last week. It's going to be really, really tough for these young quarterbacks coming into these situations and then not having maybe a full, I mean, rookie camp done. A lot of the OTAs are going to not happen. Camp might be shortened. Preseason might be shortened. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to work against rookies starting right away. Yeah. So there could be, there could be some big problems with that. So I think teams might err on the side of let's not get this kid killed. (laughs) <laughs> as far as as far as Andy Dalton starts week one over Joe Burrow, I don't know about all that. <laughs> um, so let's let's clear the air. Uh, there's yeah, been Miami, weird... Miami. Who is who does Miami have besides what? Can, can we first of all can we can we summarily dismiss the attempt to dramatize the first overall pick that is being you know put it out there into the world where people are like, oh, I'm hearing. Uh, Cincinnati's got interest in Justin Herbert. Is it yeah, Herbert no. or Hair Bear? Um, I think Hair Bear is that's that's a different. <laughs> that's a whole di- that's a whole different quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, Herbert and Cincinnati. That those rumors and the attempt to add drama to this process is very very silly, in my opinion. Ian Rappaport, by the way, deserves some scrutiny for his bullshit last year over the Kyler Murray stuff. He was doing the league a solid to try to make there be drama over the first overall pick last year. I mean, we benefited from it because we got a very favorable price. I felt like on Kyler Murray going with number one overall, but uh, you know that. Don't, let's not forget that there are players in this space of information like Ian Rappaport who basically do the league a solid, trying to create drama, not uh, provide realistic and meaningful information. Is that fair? Yeah. And I think anybody who does the the lip service to the league or the team or whoever like that should be probably tarred and feathered. And it does suck. <laughs> I mean, it just I don't know if it's just clicks or whatever they're trying to get, but it's it's pretty rough. It's a who rough. Was the other? Tonight. Was it Casterly who was smearing uh, Kyler Murray last year too? He was. Yeah, he, there was sense. somebody else. I think it was Casterly too who had the reports like. He doesn't. He can't learn the playbook. He doesn't have leadership. Like like there was some real real side you know real uh uh questionable uh reporting going on last year on his behalf i can't remember all of who did it but it was bad um so yeah tip number two look out for misinformation because there's a shitload of them yeah. um what uh uh so what do you think uh after joe burrow uh we're gonna see yeah. pretty clearly looks no doubt chase young too yeah Washington Which doesn't some, fuck a good point. Too. A good point about uh, that. I read in an article today. Third consecutive season that Ohio State will have a top five defensive player. Ooh. 
Like that's pretty wild. That is. They could have two as well. Yeah. I think they will have two. Yeah, three is where it gets tricky. And it's funny. I pulled this up, uh, sportsbook.ag. I know it's a, not a book everyone has, but they they have fun props. It's like their their menu's never really big, but they always have a prop that I never find. No one else. else has, yeah. Right. And they have the top three picks trifecta. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Nice. Gotta, you can do order. the trifecta. I like this. So who's your three? I'll tell you what the odds are here. If I we're want, going, we're going I want Burrow, Burrow, Young. Burrow Young and uh, o, what's Oduka? Okuda? Okuda. 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 Excuse me. Okuda. Yeah, that I is, want Burrow Young Okuda. Yeah, that's the favorite. Second is favorite. that? Uh, I'm going to guess the odds is, on that. I'm, I would price that at about plus 190. You can get plus 225. Oh, right that's now. a bet. That's a bet. Tua. Tua is the favorite <clears throat> to be the third pick, which is little suspect. I might put a little bit on someone getting overexcited and making the trade and getting Herbert. I can get Burrow mm-hmm. Young Herbert at 15 to 1. I don't, so what's your what, what's what, basically what's your, what, if, what's if you your believe explain if you really me. really believe that you know Burrow Young is locked in, basically you're betting on the third pick here. So Herbert, Herbert to be yeah Herbert to be third overall is pretty much 15. Whoa, they're taking Whoa. it to win five grand. Woo! Really? Three thirty-three, thirty-three. They'll take. Wow. No, the the limits are never bad at this book, but yeah. So if you I, think most, so- there's books out there that have hundred dollar limits on draft props, and it's like you see something cool, and you're like, oh wow, you spend a bunch of time handicapping it, and then you figure out you can only get a hundred down, and you're like, great, that was a good and, waste it, time. and it's it's minus five hundred. <laughs> it's minus exactly <laughs> right, cool. Um, but yeah, um, if if you do have some thoughts on the third pick, there's ways to attack that as well. Okay, so let's explain to me what why you think that because. Uh, because I'm I I get it. I agree with you. I think in a normal sane year where we have kind of a free flow of information and teams are willing to make deals and trades, that third overall pick I would be targeting it if I'm going to draft a quarterback. But I don't know about this year. Is that I guess no, why it's gonna, why it's gonna be a weird year and I think maybe, you know, we've already said there may be way fewer trades. Teams may be hesitant to take big swings like this. That said, Detroit is still in the catbird seat, and they 100% better. They, they should. If they don't even float it out there, if they're not floating it already and continue to, they should be driving up the price on this and seeing what they can get from you know Miami, from San Diego. San Diego's not a team. L.A. Chargers. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm pulling the trigger from either of those GMs. But if you're Detroit, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't try to drive it up or at least lie to the other team and say, hey, Chargers are calling. They're taking them. They're taking Herbert three. You don't want to get stuck with the guy with the broken hip. So let's talk about that. Tua, albeit Tua. a very clear and obvious uh, talent, should, would, could be in contention for the number one overall pick any given year. Uh, likely going to fall? Eh, again, it's going to come down to the team, what they think. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not getting like smoke screens out there on that. Like, you know, there's, there's stupid people like Lombardi saying that, you know, there's teams that are way scared of him. But, I mean, those could be GMs. Hey, what do you think of Tua? 
And he said, you know, I wouldn't pick him because of the injury. And it turns out it's, you know, it's somebody like the Chiefs. Like, well, yeah, they, they don't, their opinion doesn't really matter that much. They're not taking a quarterback. <laughs> you know, I, I, feel like, I feel like you see a lot of those, like, two anonymous GMs have this opinion about this player. And then if you, you know, it might end up being a couple GMs that have no interest in even getting into a market in that position. So it's kind of dumb. I think half the time, some of those smokescreen reports, um, if I was a GM, I'd be scared because I'm not getting, uh, you know, working with an incomplete information. My, my data set's not all there. If I can't fully suss out how injured he was and how injured he is and how he's looking, not getting, not getting a chance to get him out there on the field and do some throwing and moving around like that sucks. So he, he could drop like, you know, three months ago, I was dead set on Tua going third or fifth. Like yeah, there was, it was no way around it. He was going third or fifth. That's, that's what's happening. But now, yeah, with the, the current climate and the restrictions that some of these poor GMs have put on them, I, I I'm not so sure anymore. Oh, I mean, he, it could go, it could go tits up for him. It sounds like, um, I guess. So your thinking is then you we could be living in a world where both Miami and LA have sold themselves on Herbert. Yeah, I don't get the love stuff. I don't like him at all. I don't love him. No, I don't either. But. Yeah, and at that point, too, let's say Miami and the Chargers, neither of them trade up. Detroit takes, you know, a defender, whether it's the linebacker or the D-back. The Giants go with their linemen. And then you get to five and six, and you have two quarterback needy teams. And if they're both scared of Tua, Miami maybe takes Herbert, and then the Chargers, you know, they have other needs. Do they? Uh, oh, I mean, every, everybody has needs. Yeah, right? but they let Philip Rivers, their franchise quarterback, walk away, and they're moving into a new stadium. They need to get some fan excitement. Well, and at, at that point, then you need to target somebody else at quarterback, and you need to be moving down and thinking about signing Jam- Jameis or Cam or something and trading out of that spot. So if the Chargers are scared of Tua's injury, it puts them in a weird position being six. They either need to make something happen with Detroit and get Herbert if that's who they're after, or maybe trade back, get extra picks and fill, fill in other holes and look for depth mm, and find okay. some, because I mean, you still have, you still have free agent quarterbacks out there. Yeah, it's true. That's or, weird. You know, that, or you that, go, yeah. t- you go tie God to rod and then take somebody further down. You can get Eason in the middle rounds. There's a lot of other quarterbacks that, it's not like you need a first-round quarterback to to win. If you have yeah. a good scouting department, you can hit with lower-round quarterbacks. Happens all the time. Dak Prescott. Uh, who, who else was down there? Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, okay, so um, if we yeah, – You don't want to be then... unsure and end up with a Paxton Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well, I made, I did make two bets on this. I bet uh, Herbert's second quarterback taken. Okay. Got a nice number on that. Uh, again, and again, almost all of my. Three like, to one ish? Uh, Probably even better. Plus 470 that Herbert is the second quarterback drafted. 
Um, I also bet that Tua is the third quarterback drafted at plus 700. Um, both of those to me seem priced incorrectly, I guess is the right way to say it. I don't know. I just feel like it's a whole oh, lot closer. You to know, 50, that's 50. exactly what you, you meant what you meant. You said what you said. That's <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like anything else. It's a I'm handicap. not like counting that money. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to win this money. I'm so excited. I got a winning bet here. It's just like, it shouldn't be 400 and 700. Like, well, it, it's just like anything else. They can open a total four points too low. We can hammer it. It can yeah. move. It can move yeah. five points. Yeah, and the, sure. You know, in the game, sure. the game can sure. never. We can never come close to winning that bet. <laughs> yeah, weird things true. happen all the time. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. You, you, you set a probability of these things to happen, then you base it off the price. And I yeah. think you did get some nice numbers on things. Yeah, I and my my decision making on Herbert was basically like it. The Tua injury and him falling. Like that was pretty clear in the last couple of weeks. Like that, I don't think that's smokescreen. I don't think that's bullshit. And I'm like we said, I think it's a real narrative that if you guys aren't passing physicals, if guys aren't, if they're not getting access to these guys and seeing what kind of, you know, state they're in, like they're not going to take a chance on it. And I don't think, I think that Miami wasn't always all in on Tua anyway. Like, I think they were kind of like, yeah, we'll see who we got out here. And uh, from what I'm hearing from beat reporters, who's, what's, what's, the, what's the guy's name? Arm, uh, Armin Salgado? I can't remember his name. There's one beat reporter who's always kind of had the inside scoop on who Miami was going to take year in, year out. And he was, he was basically on the, yeah, they actually are all in on Herbert train. Um, Daniel Jeremiah had Herbert going five in his mock. And his mock is traditionally very actionable, in my opinion. Um, there's at least his once, once he gets the information and this one that came out this week, I think does reflect that. Um, so I think Herbert to the dolphins is pretty solid and whether they take him at three or five, I can take this out of the picture here because, um, you know, I mean, I could take it, take that variable out of the equation here by just taking him second quarterback taken. Yeah. And I think, God, I, if Miami and San Diego, LA, Yet, God, that's gonna take a while. It's been years, man. <laughs> it's if been they, years. if they get into, <laughs> I don't think we've ever done this podcast when San Diego Chargers were in San Diego. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe that's rough. Either I, way, I, I think they were I think in the, LA for two years. Yeah, from sorry, a no, from a NFL fan, from a viewership standpoint, I think the most exciting thing that can happen is Detroit trades. Yeah, Detroit okay. makes a trade. A quarterback goes at three. It leaves both defenders that Detroit is possibly looking at available. I think New York probably still goes with a lineman, maybe another quarterback. I, well, in that situation, who makes the trade with them? Because if Miami doesn't, they'll probably end up with a quarterback at five or trading out. Like if Detroit trades, this whole first round gets wild. So That's true. It's kind of what I'm hoping for is we get a quarterback at three because mm, it really okay. changes the landscape. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, I can say what I want about the fact that Gettleman's probably locked in on a, on a tackle, but if you just leave, you know, both those defenders out there, Simmons and Akuda, you, you kind of have to think about taking one. Mm. 
you're not even talking about you, you. You have a hotter take than that in terms of who the best of these defensive players is. Yeah, I kind of do. I have my guys. I like who's my guys. your guy. I like Simmons. No, I thought you like Brown. Oh yeah, no, I like Brown, but not not to be the not to be. I just don't think teams are going to go crazy and take him like. Oh okay. Fair, maybe top ten. Top you 10. told me you like Brown over Chase Young as far as the best defensive player in this draft. I don't think uh, I don't. You walking that back? That no, no, I don't think it'll. There's <laughs> oh, okay. zero chance it'll get drafted that way. Obviously. Oh I just yeah, think no, I know, I know. Kind I, of I just meant like you. You think you think that it, it's it that, that the future, uh, his his ceiling is higher. He's going to be a better player in the NFL. Yeah, no, like time will tell. That's a time will tell kind of thing. As far yeah. as you know, we get further down the line. I think he's going to be a better NFL player. Mm. Well, he's got a perfect, perfect, perfect well, slot. Half the seven. reason I think Brown. he's going to be a better NFL player, he's not going to play in Washington. <laughs> we can, yeah, you know, right. In, in, unless something True. weird happens, like he's just there's. Yeah. Is there a situation worse than getting drafted by Washington? No, he's not going to get the the curse of the Redskins. He's not going to get MRSA. He's not going to get. Uh, uh, screwed over and with you know with any kind of nonsense. Yeah, I no, put, you're I, put right. him, yeah. I put him and Young on like an even playing field as far as talent and potential, and it just he's gonna get put into a better situation. Speaking of situation, do you see the fit that people are projecting him into the uh, to the Panthers at seven? Uh, I can see that. That's where, and that's where it would get interesting if if defenders start falling because Tanner, you know, Panthers are going to take a defender. So if a CUDA does fall, I guess it depends who ends up with the fifth. If the lions just trade back to five, they'll take a defender there. And then sure. it leaves, it leaves, you know, Simmons or I suppose it would probably just be Simmons. At, at the, Can you tell me Simmons position? Seven. He's kind of like a linebacker safety hybrid. Yeah, he's like the world's fastest linebacker. Like he's he's a, he's a linebacker, but yeah, you could put him at either safety position, like very easily. He's super, like super versatile. I'm I'm actually I'm really excited about him. Hmm. What uh, I guess am I being stupid and blinded by what a good fit Brown would be for the Panthers when they could potentially like is he a replacement? He's not a replacement for Keekley. He's not playing middle linebacker, right? No, no. This is a He's too I small. Mean, yeah. Smart guy, athletic, and yeah. Super uh, uh he could play I mean he can play anywhere back there. Hmm. I mean just mm-hmm. having having the flexibility like that. And I'm I mean, we'll get to this when we get further into the NFL. You know, I talked about the lack of training camps and a few other things affecting teams like Carolina might be one of the worst as far as the casualties of that bringing in. Yeah. Everybody's new, new. I mean, just a new coaching staff and a new quarterback. I don't know how that's new GM out. making the calls too, right? Yeah. I mean, every, everything they've had. And I mean, correct me if you hit me up if you think a team has it worse than Carolina. It's not like they don't have some talent on the team. I'm a big fan of the running back, and they have some other nice pieces. But yeah, you lose your linebacker. You are going in a different direction at quarterback, and basically all the leadership is different. If you don't get a full preseason, it's going to get messy in Carolina, I think, to start on. So yeah, I'm, their uh, I'm not, season I, could I feel, look I feel a lot bad like for the them. Dolphins last year where they're losing 49 nothing in week one, but by week, 
you know, by week. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good that's a good comp. <laughs> like they're a team that can be competitive, but boy, they they need time. Like they need time to get get their yeah. shit and get their shit together. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, so I bet Brown under eight and a half. Uh, I think he goes in the top seven. I think he goes seven to the Panthers. I, it's too good of a fit. I just, I can't get past it. I can't get over it. I'm going to be bummed if they go in a different direction. If they take Simmons, that's, that's a fine pick for them, I suppose, but I'll be bummed. Um, and uh, yeah, so I like, can't, yeah, I got that plus money. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be in the minus territory here by the time we get to the draft. I, I think, um, I took Okuda third overall at plus 170. Um, I think Detroit's not going to be able to trade out, and they're going to end up taking him because he fills a glaring need. Um, yeah, they do have a need there now after some moves they've made. Yes, yeah, sending Slay uh, to Philly creates a, a, a need to draft a top-tier talent at defensive back. Um, and uh, so those are, are those one, two. Those are the two defensive props I played. And then I played... Uh, I played Worf's first O lineman. I played that uh, too. I think the Giants are going for Worf. At Worf's. Worf's, whatever. Um, they tend to leak a lot, and that seems to be the temperature in the room in terms of who they prefer at tackle. And that's almost certainly the direction they're going to go protect their young asset at quarterback, see if they can reduce his fumbles next year. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of good options, though. And the O-lineman class is absolutely stacked in this draft uh, at in, through about seven or eight players. And then it falls off pretty dramatically. So that tier, the difference between tier one and tier two in the O-lineman category is massive, which I think does incentivize a lot of teams to start thinking hard about drafting in the O-line in round one, uh, which uh, leads to the best prop on the board being over five and a half offensive linemen. Is that a fair round? Yeah, just yeah, just right off the bat, like New York, Tampa, Cleveland, like those are those are lineman picks. Miami oh, probably takes one with one of their picks. Oh, they have, absolutely. Miami has absolutely uh, Miami is. has to take at, at some point, probably with their second their second pick there. So I mean, you're you're not halfway through the round and you're at four linemen pretty fast. And I mean, just everybody can use some linemen. I think you'll see. I don't know if Minnesota would look. Minnesota's got some glaring needs at corner, and they yeah, have two they first round picks. And all of a sudden, they need a receiver again. And they too. need a wide receiver in a corner. I think Seattle, yeah. Seattle, Baltimore, Tennessee, even Green Bay. Like if you get those teams are all in a row. You have yeah. picks 28. I mean, it might get a little hairy there. You might get a little worried, and then you get to pick 27, and you could have a nice little run. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Exactly. Late. I totally, totally, totally agree with you on this. Um, all right. So that's it in terms of handicapping work that I've done so far, bets that I've made. Yeah, I'm still um, working on this. I'm, it's exciting to have something to work on. I guess, and the only other thing I'll add is don't fuck around waiting for – a prop or a bet or thinking that you're going to get these prices in a week. Cause you are not, I've already missed a lot of very, very good bets that I'm sour about <laughs> because I was like, uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to tie up money now. Who knows? You know, we'll get more information later. Like these things get beaten into shape quickly because these are low liquidity pools and they are basically sourcing opinion by the betters to sharpen the numbers. Uh, so when they hang a bad one, it gets beat up real quick. 
Um, so that's fair. Don't waste your time. Uh, you want to do any wild predictions, speculations? Guess wild ass guesses. My my wild ass guess is that uh, Jaguars do something stupid at nine. <laughs> I that's the one where you know I have I have every pick where it's like here's a couple of directions they could go at least in the top fifteen, and then from there it gets you know you have two three needs per team. You just kind of got to decide how what happened in front of you. But I really really don't know what Jacksonville is going to do. They, they need, need everything. I mean, they need a lineman. <laughs> they could, they might be a team that gets an offensive lineman. Oh yeah, for sure. They, they take the best tackle available, probably. Back yeah, it, it depends. Uh, it depends what's happened at corner. I think yeah. what what's happened at corner. It's not like much can happen in front of them, but it might be a corner. It might be a lineman. Uh, they need help on defense up front. They, so. they boy, need help they, in a lot of places. They so. they gutted their their talent. Yeah, that's where that's so, where I'm just so I'm damn not fast. sure. I'm not sure what they're valuing right now. <laughs> yeah, right. What part? And then you have mocks that are showing points. them taking like a quarterback. That's insane. Like you, you're out of your goddamn mind. Yeah. Why would are... you? Why would you do that right no. now? No, that's that's insane. They're riding with Minshew. If they lose, if they suck, so be it. They're going to take quarterback next year. That's without question. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, Jacksonville moves to London next year? I kind of do. I think that's I kinda do like so. that was one of those things where he, it sounded like the stupidest thing ever when you heard it. Like, oh, that's just dumb talk. And now it's now it's like that's that seems like a legitimate thing right now. They need yeah. to bring back the Concord. Yeah, so people can get fun. there fast. Or Ooh, like Concord. Space yeah, out. there's probably some that are sitting on uh, sitting out and sitting out in uh, uh, in the Mojave Desert that some team could buy <laughs> and use the. By their players, it would be an uh, advantage like, if you could get you know, to London faster. Mm-hmm, it would be um, okay. So, give me a wild ass guess on uh, who is the fourth team that drafts a quarterback. If we assume Bengals, Finns, Chargers, I'll hold serve. Take one five six. Who is the fourth team? So you're thinking two at six. I'm thinking two at six. Oh man! I mean, the Patriots. I think the Patriots are more than happy to sit and wait and take somebody way later. Who? Who else really, really would want to get after it if those teams made it? And maybe the Jaguars want to get somebody in there, and they go later on. I don't think there's a fourth one in the first round. I kind of don't either. I really think you're you're ending up on the next day before you see another quarterback. And people people are like out there banging the drum like over four and a half quarterbacks is a good play in the first round. I'm like, who? What? Which teams? Like, huh? Like it was only three last year. There was only and there were and there and we knew that the Broncos wanted Locke. They just waited till day two. If somebody reaches, I, I guess nothing would surprise me if somebody reached really big on love just because he's what's left. But boy, would I not like that move at this point? I, I, what I, team even? <laughs> yeah, what team even? Yeah, I mean, somewhere mid round, I guess. I mean, Chicago has kind of, they've brought a guy in. Oh, man. Like who who would reach for something like that? I think the Steelers will probably draft a quarterback 
in the on the third day because they're seeing you know what's going on there. They have a super old quarterback, and both the backups were just god awful atrocious. Like, but the Colts, be some, the Colts might need one, but that's not something you reach for early on. Oof. <sighs> Man, I really don't know. I really can't figure this out. It's been racking. I'm racking my brain. Green, it looks like the Raiders Green are sticking Bay, with Carr. Green Bay might right? take one late. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a team that screws up. Whoever takes the fourth quarterback screwed up, unless it's like day three. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Tampa, Tampa Bay maybe takes somebody late. Their quarterback's kind of old. Yeah, that's a good point. They could use uh, some somebody to develop for the future. Yeah, I don't, um, I, honestly, this that's the toughest question you've asked me so far. I don't have an answer. <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking about it. I've been trying to figure it out myself. I I, I have nothing. Um, okay, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we may do another draft refresher as we get closer. Recap our favorite plays. Reflect some of the un, impossibly wild closing line value that I think we're going to get on some of these as uh, or vice versa. <laughs> some of these could go wildly the other way. Who knows? Um, so I'm, I'm excited though. It's very, very excited because we, you know, we have something to handicap. Yeah, it's great. It's great fun. All right. Well, good job. Next week we'll talk some more sports. We'll talk some, we'll do another one of these. We'll keep pounding these into the ground throughout the quarantine and uh, hopefully, uh and hopefully this is needed entertainment and distraction for you, wherever you are. Yeah, thanks for listening. I know you have other stuff to do. If you have any hot draft draft uh, leaks, let us know, too. Always into those. I'm, Hit me yeah, up. I'm super into those. I'm yeah. just looking through some. I just logged on to some other books I haven't had up for a while. I'm looking at some of the, like, all these bets that are probably going to be refunded if we don't play Seasons. Oh, dude! I know. There's I a bunch Jacob that are Eason just sitting the there. First, uh, Jacob Eason, first overall player selected, two hundred to one. That's it's got it's got a chance, right? No, I mean this is from forever <laughs> ago. This was this was placed in like this. I think this was placed in September. That wasn't a crazy play. I got to say, he no, I moved it. I moved it to hundred to one. Oh, I got one last question for you. Shoot. You bet Joe Burrow would win the Heisman. You had you watched a lot of Joe Burrow. You watched a lot of LSU games. He's likely getting drafted by the worst, if not one of the worst franchises in the NFL. Uh, what's uh, what is his ceiling in terms of uh, you know is he is he a Jamarcus Russell? Is he an Alex Smith? Is he a, a Sam Bradford? A Jared Goff? Or is he uh, is he do better? Oh, man, don't put him in the Jamarcus. I think, I mean, Russell just, when Jamarcus came to the league, I, I don't know what the deal was if he just didn't want to put in the effort anymore. Like, it was kind of kind of the tape on him. He didn't care. He didn't want to, he wanted to let his God-given talent just uh, do what it did while he was in college and it didn't work out. So I don't think Burrow is anywhere close to that. He's, he's going to be a... Be a little harder worker than uh, Jamarcus Russell, but like we said with uh, the Chase Young, the Chase Young thing, it sucks getting drafted into a bad situation, and just Cincinnati's ownership—it's a business, not a not an entertainment model. Where hey, we want to win Super Bowls at any cost, so it does kind of suck. He's—I mean—they're a bad franchise. I don't like them. 
So that sucks, but it's it's not to say you can't have success. I mean, Cincinnati, despite everything, went to the playoffs a bunch of years in a row back in the Marvin Lewis days. Like, Carson Palmer? Like Carson Palmer. It's, that was their last number one pick. It's as a not like it, right? Yeah, it's not a kiss of death, but – it would be a lot cooler if he was somewhere else. So, <laughs> it, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But I, what? Yeah, I guess. What's what is what? What do you think realistically? Like, uh, in three years' time, are we putting him in the conversation with the top half of the league or bottom half? I think top half for sure, just because of what we've talked about previously. We're we're hitting a quarterback uh, drought. Good point. Like when all these, you know, when Brady Rivers, all these guys finally are retired and a lot of the younger picks from the last few years have not panned out as well. Like mm. We're, I mean, if he's serviceable, he's going to be top half. Would you swap uh, Sam Darnold for Joe Burrow at this point? Well, I don't know about all that. How about Baker Mayfield? Probably. I hate his stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. <laughs> This is going to be yeah, teeth cutting time for Baker. We'll get into that when we get further into the NFL because he's shown he has talent. I don't know what's wrong with his brains. And boy, I feel bad. Like I, I, another bad situation. Like Darnold continues to be in a bad situation. He's had the injury, the roster, and I mean, I don't love the coaching up there right now. Yeah. So I think it's going to be another bad year for Darnold. Yeah. Ooh, who's he going to throw it to? Suck. I don't know. I don't know. Gase is a uh, kiss of death for him. Um, all right. Well, best of luck. This was a fun to do a podcast. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, uh, good luck on your competitive eating and your League of Legends. League of Legends. <laughs> all right. Good luck with League. Good luck with competitive eating. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. See you.